Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is my guy, Donald Thomas. And this show, we are going to go over the week five slated games. It is Monday, so we're not going to be including Monday night football. But there's plenty to talk about what happened yesterday on Sunday. I mean, holy crap. There was games I did not expect to go the way it went. There was games that I fully expected it to go. And then there were games that went the way I thought they were going to go, but in drastic. Like, for instance, I figured the Saints would beat the Patriots. I just didn't think it was going to be 34 to nothing, right? Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness, when it's so bad that Bill Belichick, who has harped that Matt Jones is his guy, benches him in the third quarter. That's not a good sign, right? So um, we're going to get into a bunch uh, of of these games here coming up. But before we do, I got to remind everybody that BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, NFL, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember, use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So we were talking before we started recording this, Donald, and there were some games you really wanted to get into. And the big one, one of them that I'm sure you have a lot to talk about because you're not exactly what I would call a Dallas Cowboys fan um, (laughs) on Sunday night football. What was your initial take and reaction from watching that game? Elation. I was (laughs) elated when I watched um, the Cowboys just get put in their place. Yes, last night against the 49ers, they just got out physical. They just, they just, it literally, it just wasn't even close. It just was not even close. Um, Dak Prescott looked like Dak of old. Um, those picks and that last one, he just forced it. I mean, I, I, before he released, I was like, he's forcing this one. Whoop, there it is, pick. So it just looked bad overall. Defense looked bad. They did a great job controlling Michael Parsons last night. I think Trent Williams is 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 he's the best left tackle in football, in my opinion. And they got after Micah Parsons last night and beat him up. And he Micah wanted no parts of it after a while. They just wore on him. They ran the ball down their throat. I mean, it was evenly. I mean, when you look at the rushing yards, you know, uh, McCaffrey didn't have a ton of rushing yards, but he also had a ton of passing or receiving yards. So it just was overall, they just distributed the ball well, you know. Um, um George Kittle with three touchdowns. I mean, he was he he had a he had a great night last night. If you look at it honestly, he only had 50, uh, sixty-seven yards receiving, but they use him in the red zone. They know who to go to in the red zone, and they get down into the red zone. They just the 49ers are probably the best offensive team in football right now, hands down. Way too many, way too many um um uh, weapons, and then Purdy's playing lights out. Yeah, I need to talk about Brock Purdy a little bit, right? I, I, I've been on record, and I will stay on record, <laughs> in saying that in Shanahan's 
uh, offense that anybody can do well at quarterback. But the thing about Brock Purdy is what ex- makes him excel is the fact that not only is he accurate inside a 15-yard pass, but he's accurate 15 to 30 as well, right? He doesn't have that super cannon for an arm, mm. but he will lead a receiver. He will put it on the money. We've seen that multiple times on deep throws to to guys like Ayuk, guys like um, Debo Samuel, right? And, and, and obviously the passes to Kittle for touchdowns. He is, in my opinion, it was incredibly smart to just – move on from Jimmy G, right? Uh cuz he opposite. He he's okay. He's great, you know, inside 15 yards, but past 15 yards his his accuracy went down. Uh dramatically is one of the reasons why they lost the Super Bowl uh, a few years back. So cuz he he missed a wide open George Kittle. <laughs> yeah. And if you miss a wide open George Kittle, you're not going to be the starting quarterback for a, a long time. Uh because in my opinion Kittle might is quite possibly the best all-around tight end in football, right? I mean, he does everything so darn well. But you're right. They got so many weapons, right? They got so many. Last week, yeah, Christian McCaffrey had four touchdowns. This week, it was George Kittle. Next week, it could be, you know, Debo. You know, you you just don't know who's going to get the ball uh, on, on this San Francisco 49ers offense. And, and then, of course, the defense, they're – they play good football too. So it makes it very difficult no matter who plays San Francisco. It's a reason why they are five and zero right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're proving it week in and week out and it just goes to show, you know, they're one of the what six teams that have opened the season with 30 plus points um, in the first five games or whatever it is. So um, one of six teams that have ever done that. So they're showing that they are a prolific offense. And, you know, I don't know what the game plan is to stop them because there's so many different weapons. Um, you want to control, you try to contain George Kittle and, and McCaffrey goes off. You try to contain McCaffrey and Kittle and then Debo goes off. And then you try to contain all three and then some unsung hero goes off. So, and they got the defense to back it up. You know, I can't wait. I don't think that um, the 49ers will play uh, Philly in the regular season. It's going to be a playoff matchup. So I'll be interested to see how those two teams match up um, come playoff time. But, Right now, you know, the big bad bullies are in the West. And, you know, I, I I said it, Philly was the best team in football at one point. And I think the powers are shifting a little bit because 49ers aren't playing with anybody. It literally is just bully beat up football week in and week out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Philly, they did win their game, but it, it wasn't the same look that we're used to seeing, right? Right. Um, the offense looks... I mean, it's still somewhat effective, you know, but you could obviously see where Shane Steichen is not there making the play calls from last year to this year, right? You could definitely see that. And uh, they they did they did end up beating the Rams, which beat the Colts, you know, the previous week. And but this defense for Philly, oh my goodness, no, it, it's it's so nasty. Yeah, that, that defensive, that defense as a whole, they got cornerbacks, they got safeties, they got linebackers, and that defensive line might be the best in football, right? Uh, and and it's just, it's going to be tough. Uh, uh, Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, but I got a feeling that this year, 
Philly's going to win a lot of games just riding off their defense. Oh, 1,000%. 100%. I mean, that allows Jalen Hurts to, you know, um, be more efficient when his defense is giving the ball more, right? And also allowing getting turnovers and giving them good field position. You know, Jalen's he's going to, you know, take advantage of that. The defense is what keeps him in the game all the time. I mean, because if you really look at it, they really haven't had any, like, haven't had a ton of runaway games, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's been, you know, they'll score, defense get the ball back to them, but they're in dog fights. They've been in some dog fights this year. But one thing that's interesting and really great about Philly is, you know, they finish football games. They're a finishing football team and they don't quit. And so um, they know that they're a good team. They have to figure out why they're in some of these dog fights, um, you know, more than others. And uh, they just have to come out. I think Philly needs to come out out the gate. Like, Philly's a team that they're like a momentum-building team, right? Like, they come out, they'll make a couple plays, and you know, but they don't just come out and just be like, boom, 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 and it's 21 nothing by the second quarter. You know, like, they'll come out and they'll score two two touchdowns or something like that. They'll let the team score, and there'll be a 10-7 game going into half. And then for you know, that team that shouldn't be sticking with them and sticking with them, and they're doing just enough, and they squeak a win out. You know, so um, – but they do have a decent running game. Like they have a really good, really good run game. I just want to see Swift be a little bit more consistent. You know, like I see, you know, Swift, he had yesterday 70 yards, you know, like, but you know, you see monster games from him early in the season already. And granted, you know, um, LA's got a pretty good front four and they kind of control, you know, the run game a little bit. But at the end of the day, um, you know, Jalen Hurts was their leading. Uh, Russia was 72 yards, two more yards than Swift had. But, um, you know, it's even, right? I mean, if you look at J- if you look at really Jalen Hurts, he almost had 400 yards of, of offense by like with between passing the ball and running the football, 370 something yards, 75 yards. It's that's pretty impressive, man. Like, that's, yeah, pretty, that's, that's pretty impressive. That is, that is very impressive. You talk about Philly where they don't, um, they don't really start games off on fire. There was a team yesterday that generally do start off on fire in the first quarter. And, you know, yesterday morning in London, oh yeah, the Bills, first time all year, they didn't get a point in the first quarter. And Jacksonville jumped out to the lead, and they held that lead. And I don't understand why Bills were considered the home team in London. Jacksonville plays in London every single year. That's that's like their second home. They probably do better in London than they do in Jacksonville, right? Record wise. So, I mean, I don't understand why they were like, "Oh, this is a Bills home game." My ass. Listen. <laughs> so I played. I played in London back. Just how old I am with this against the St. Louis Rams, um, and I can't remember if we were home or away. It didn't even matter. Like the fans there have on. Steelers jerseys and, and and Dolphins jerseys, you know what I'm saying? Giants, like they're just there to see American football and they're cheering at flags being thrown, right? Like they don't know what's, I mean, they know what's going on a little bit, but they don't know. They're cheering for both teams. It doesn't matter. So there's no advantage um, for, for a home and away game. But here's the deal. Buffalo didn't take care of business. Buffalo was clearly a better team than Jacksonville. And we talked about it. Milano got hurt and that changed the whole complexion of that defense ultimately affected the game because if you really look at it, when when Buffalo's firing on all cylinders, there's no way that Jacksonville is in it with, with, with Buffalo. Right. But they allow them to stay in the football game. Jacksonville played well. 
and they took advantage of a um, um, a weakened Buffalo defense with Milano being out because he's their playmaker. Up, for, I mean, he makes plays, and um, their playmaker was out. They lost a football game. They got out physical, and Trevor Lawrence he had a he had a, he- a hell of a day with 315 yards passing. You know, no interceptions, one touchdown. It's a hell of a, that's a hell of a day of football, in my opinion. There were so many missed tackles in this game by the by the Buffalo defense. The Jacksonville had so much yak yards, uh, you know, yards after catch, yards yep. after contact. Right? Yep. Uh, Jacksonville does have a lot of speed on their team, right? I mean, b- between ETN and Ridley and Agnew, and they're tied in. They got speed. So you know, the the thing about Buffalo, they were too worried about right up the gut. And they needed to protect the edges, right? Because there was a lot of, you know, stretch plays, reverses, things of that nature that went for big yards and it caught them off guard. And that was a, that was a big issue. And I, I I get you where you're talking about, you know, the loss of Matt Milano, uh, I think on the second drive of the game, right at, at that point, you know, he's the guy that recognizes, Hey, they're in a, you know, this formation watch, Watch the reverse, watch the pitch, watch this, watch that. You know, that's that's what those those linebackers do uh, for the rest of the defense. And without him there with his experience, then, you know, it, it seemed like Jacksonville just took advantage of that and, and used a lot of, you know, non-traditional plays, so to speak, and really just got out there and got chunk yardage outside the tackles. Well, you know, this is twice that, um, you know, Buffalo deserved to lose a football game. They deserved to lose against the Jets week one. They deserve to lose again this week. When you play a team who you are superior to and you don't take care of business, that's on you. That's on the players on the field. And Buffalo, I don't care. Like we say, you know, it, we, you don't want to see a guy go down. Guys got to step up and make plays, period. They're professionals. But when you don't come in and just take care of business right away, I don't know if there was distractions of being in London. I don't know if it was distractions of, 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 of whatever it was, you know, just being out of your element or Milano getting hurt or whatever. Like if you don't come in and take care of business, like you guys should have been getting after Trevor Lawrence. You guys should have been running the football down Jacksonville's throat. Like, but you didn't do any of that. And then Jacksonville was like, all right, we know that they're like, they have some strong points on defense. They just started misdirecting, mis like misleading trick plays. They had Buffalo on the ropes and you see what happened. Yeah, definitely. I know there's a game, another game that you wanted to talk about. I believe it is an AFC North matchup, right? Uh, where the Ravens lost to the Steelers in a game that I picked the Ravens to win. I thought for sure, you know, that Lamar Jackson would at least be able to get over, you know, 20 points against the Steelers because the Steelers offense ain't all that, you know, but there you go. There you go. They end up losing 17 to 10. You can change the players in the locker room. You can change the coaches. You can change all of that. But when you have a rivalry like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, everybody knows what that is, and everybody comes to play, and it's a toss-up. When you looked at those matchups from old, 
and when it was Ray Lewis and those boys mm-hmm. going against Roethlisberger and that 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 offense, it was a physical football game, and it was guys getting their heads taken off, and it was scrappy, and it was, you know, refs in between guys after every play, you know, and that wasn't the same atmosphere yesterday, but guys knew what it was, and. Mike Tomlin had his guys teed up, ready to go against Baltimore, period. Mm-hmm. And so Baltimore came in there thinking that it was going to be something different, and they got reminded quickly, okay, this is not what it's going to be. Like, you ain't going to come in here, and Lamar, you're not about to just start running around all over the field. We're going to take care of business. And I think that this week, this past week, you know, Mike Tomlin's a smart coach. You know, he's a smart coach. He's not going to do anything out of the ordinary – when it comes to what he knows his offense is capable of doing. And you saw yesterday they stuck to just what they're used to. They were very basic yesterday. They were very, very basic yesterday. You know, Pickett, 234 yards, touchdown, no interceptions, cut down on the on the on the on the interceptions, turnovers. Mm-hmm. Right. They ran the ball decent, not not crazy. Um, only 87 yards of, of running the football is not gonna it's not winning football, but you have to look at it from a defensive standpoint. Pittsburgh's defense showed up, and they allow them to have inferior rushing yards. They allow them not to have to, you know, have to air the ball out because they played good defense yesterday against a team like Baltimore, who's still a one-trick pony with all those injuries that they have over there. Um, and if you can control Lamar Jackson, he missed a couple of throws. There were some drop balls um, from his receivers and tight ends that really should have could have could have changed the complexion of that of that game but in a game like that you can't you can't afford to have drop balls and 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 you know uh busted plays and so you know you can't you can't turn the football over that's the thing when you were playing a defensive game right where you're talking about you know between the Baltimore Ravens Pittsburgh Steelers this is you know your traditional black and blue game right, right. and and you can't have turnovers you just cannot and the Ravens had three, three turnovers, two of them off Lamar, an interception and a four and a fumble that was recovered by by Pittsburgh, right? And and then of course there was another fumble uh, by another guy. Pittsburgh had one turnover, which was a uh, a fumble by I think their returner Gunnar Oshlevsky, right? And say that five times. <laughs> I learned. I learned to pronounce his name because I have Patriots fans that are part of my Patreon, you know, so yeah, yeah, they okay. taught me how to pronounce Get it that. right. Get it right or pay the price. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, turn in a defensive game, man, you just, you got to protect the football and Lamar Jackson was unable to protect the football in this game. And that's what cost him. That is exactly in my opinion, what cost him in this game. Yeah. Um, turnovers. You win the turnover game, you win the football game, period. Mm-hmm. Statistically, historically, it is what it is. You win the turnover game, your chances of winning go, go up drastically. And there's a few times where you can lose the turnover game and still win a game. I mean, that happens. But at the end of the day, like, you can't turn the ball over. It's going to lead to points at some point some, some, some point in the game where field position to the other team is going to put you in a bad spot. You just can't turn it over. They did it, you know, they lost the turnover battle. And um, Pittsburgh won it. And they're sitting three and two and Baltimore's three and two. And I don't really see Baltimore. I, I don't, it's not gonna, I keep my mouth shut, but Baltimore has some problems. And, and we can talk about it every week. Where's OBJ. I'm going to start a where's OBJ campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Injuries, injuries, injuries. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I just I got a question before we end this stream. Yes, I'm I expected. Right. Well, no, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's, I got one statement that I have that that is a question, and I'll give uh you a moment to to give you a a chance to to make a statement. The Bengals won. They're now two and three, but they beat the Cardinals. Is is that a situation where we can uh, expect a, a turnaround for the Bengals now, or uh, do we look at it as it was the Cardinals? <laughs> I mean, you're answering the question yourself. You know what it is. I mean, here's the deal. This is a game. This is a game that <laughs> this is <laughs> this is a game that Cincinnati couldn't lose. And you like like Cincinnati, like you cannot lose. I mean, the Cowboys did. The Cowboys did, but the Cowboys are mm, no one again on them. Um, this is a game where Cincinnati couldn't lose this game, right? And so, like, literally, like Joe Burrow understood that he knew he couldn't he he couldn't lose it. Um, and everyone's like, "Oh, so yeah, since he were getting the right in the ship, two and three. I'm like, bro, you just be a one and three going into that game, Arizona. Cardinals team that got a spirited win with their backup quarterback. Like, if you don't win this game, your season is over with. Like, you're sitting at one and four looking crazy. You're at two and three looking crazy right now, in my opinion. But that's neither here nor there. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, like, you can't lose this football game. So I'm not, I'm not impressed by them winning this game. Arizona's bad. They're a bad football team, so why why am I impressed by a team that has a however much money, highest paid quarterback? Yes, you should be beating the Arizona Cardinals. That's what we paid. That's why we got a Brinks truck and 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 rolled it to your house so you can beat teams like that. They're supposed to win. I need you to beat teams that were that, that we need to beat. The good teams, not these teams that we were supposed to. We already know where we chalked it up as a W. As soon as the season, as soon as our schedule came out over the summertime or what have you, whenever it came out, like, no, I'm not impressed by it. I'm not impressed by it. The least to say the least, I got watched some of that game yesterday. I'm like, you guys should be beating them. <laughs> if you don't beat them, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, even still, you still have some serious issues in Cincinnati because you're two and three right now. And you got a guy that you make him sprint one good time and that calf is going to go again. Let's just be real. Like, let's just be real. So I, I'm, and I, he can't control the injury. But I'm just saying, though, they're just not, in my opinion, I get fired up about it because I'm like, I'm not impressed by that win. They should have won that football game. Right. Two scores, yeah, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? But, like, come on, man. Like, you guys lost some games that they were very debatable already this season. Enough is enough if I'm paying you, what, 300-something, whatever, how much money I'm giving you, Joe Burrow, and I don't even – I personally don't feel like he's – a top five quarterback, but that's neither here nor there. But if you take a team to Super Bowl in your first year, you know, whatever, they crown you, put the crown on it. He is who we, who we thought he was, what have you. And I can go, I get fired up, Lawrence. You know, you know how to push my, you know how to grind my gears, Lawrence. <laughs> that's that's the good thing. That's what makes this show <laughs> worth watching. Uh, <laughs> uh, is there any other final words that you want to talk about before we uh, get out of here for this this episode? Yeah, you know, I, you know, got coach fans or whoever, you know, if you're not a Patriots fan, don't hold that against me. But, you know, the Bill Belichick era, it's it's over. It's over. And I feel bad for for Bill um, on a personal side of it. But just to see the way those guys are coming out and playing is just rough, man. It's like two of your worst losses in your coaching career back-to-back. 
Um, you got, you know, you got what well, I don't think they did they even score a point yesterday? No. Yes, no, they, they got, got I mean shut out. I believe it was like 34 nothing. Yeah, 34 nothing. I mean, it's 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 bad over there. And I don't know what Billy O and I don't know what, what Belichick will try to do to fix it. But you know, um, you can't put all the blame on um you can't put all the you can't put all the blame on Mac Jones. Like we really look at Mac Jones' career, and I'll say this real quick: like Mac Jones hasn't been set up for success since he's been in the league. Like your old coordinator is a former defensive coordinator at one point. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you know, like like what are we doing? Like this is this guy's just coming to the league. He's a first round pick, and you're giving him a D coordinator as his old coordinator. What do you expect? How do you how are you going to develop him? You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have any receivers around him. Your offensive line is mediocre at best. You have zero tight ends to put it right. You don't have anything around him. So then, like now, all of a sudden, you got Billy O coming in. And he's trying to develop this, 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 this mess, right, and save a season. And Bill doesn't have anything around him. Their defense is Swiss cheese at this point. Like the the, the Patriots era with Bill Belichick, it's over. I hate to say it because I love the man. He was a great coach and and, and human being to all his players and. I don't think anybody can sit here and say he's not a good person if you don't see him every day and you don't know him because he really is a different person off camera. But it's over. It's over, and it's painful to watch. And I hate to see him go out like that. But 34 nothing. I mean, that is – that's bad, man. They're 1-4, and four and they're easy. Against, against a team that was 2-2, two and two, against the Saints, right? I mean, I get, you can understand it if it was like Buffalo or Miami or Kansas City or, you know, San Francisco or something of that nature, Philly even. Yeah, but against the Saints, that that's not a good look at all. And you were talking about, you know, the offensive line mediocre at best. That is so really weird to hear because I've said it myself about a Bill Belichick New England Patriots team that that, that's what they were built around, you know, defense and offensive line. That's what they were good at, you know, throughout the Belichick era. Right. Uh, They seem to be able to get anyone anywhere and turn an, an offensive lineman into a premier offensive line player and and do really, really good at that. And now you're looking at their offensive line going, there's a lot to, you know, there, there's a lot left on the table here. We, we need to do something. And it's just really weird to see with this team. Well, they lost the best, you know, offensive line coach, hands down, in my opinion. You can Howard Mudd, maybe second to him. And that's just because I never played for Howard Mudd. But Dante Skarnecchia, I mean, he was just an offensive line guru, literally. Like, the man does clinics and coaches come from all over just to hear his teachings and how he taught us how to play the game, play offensive line. So when you lost that part of your of – your, I mean, this is the stuff that people don't understand and see. Like, the position coaches are very, very important. Like, they're mm-hmm. huge. So, like, when we had Dante Skarnecki, he was one way and one way only. We play this way, and this is how we're going to do things, and this is how we're going to block this and block that. And you bring someone else in that doesn't have those same teachings or same philosophy or same way of, of getting guys to buy into his system. Now you see a mediocre uh, offensive line start to form. Now you see the running, the rushing yards go down. Now you see the protection go down. And now you see this whole thing just starts crumbling down because you don't have those building blocks foundations that are behind the scenes that are being drilled into the players every single day. And Dante Skarnecki, he was old when he was old when I was there. The man wanted to retire. I think he's in 70 years old, maybe 71. Now, I mean, like, 
it's time for him to go sit down and be with his wife and, and relax. I mean, he was he's he was at one point the longest tenured, you know, uh Patriots coach, but past Bill Belichick and everybody. Like he had been there before Bill got there. So, you know, he was a staple of that team. And when he left, I think they're really feeling it, the effects of it now. A lot of people don't even know who Dante Skarnecki is. We call him Scar, but he's the best offensive line coach that's game's ever seen. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. Uh breaking down this past week five of the NFL season. Um, again, man, there was a lot that head scratchers. And then, you know, there was also a lot of games. It was just like, yeah, I pretty well expected what I saw from that. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it. I'm Lawrence Owen. That right there with Donald Thomas. This was Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. And as usual, have a good one. Peace. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.